word. Please be seated. Good evening. Appreciate you all being here this evening. Um, you know, some of the things that uh, uh, warm a guy's heart is when Brent Washington told me he was going to retire at the end of this past year. And uh, he had some plans to go to see some things and do some things that he hadn't done, had a chance to do before when he had a full-time job. So now uh, he's made a trip to Swaziland uh, as a member of our uh, mission committee and uh, had a great trip, and we're looking forward to hearing about that. But uh, not only has he got those kind of plans, but also uh, uh, they'll be traveling. Uh, he and his wife, Sherry Lee, will be going to Thailand to see their oldest daughter, Kara, and her husband, Ben Wild, uh, there in Thailand. Uh, and then uh, they're going to be going to Honduras as well with the uh, youngest daughter, uh, Carissa, uh, here with the Perez's in, uh, in May. So uh, we're looking forward to all that, and we look forward to Brent's uh, uh, talk about his trip uh, to Swaziland. Thank you. Good evening. Uh, one thing that Mark didn't tell you was that uh, I, I told him, you know, I love to travel. I'm retiring. And I wasn't a member of the mission committee. But he said, they're, they all just can't go for whatever reason. They planned a trip and they can't go. And I said, well, I'll go. Because it really it was an opportunity to uh, a chance of a lifetime, a trip of a lifetime. And so I hope I can convey just a small part of that, what it was like for us being there. And I, I should mention uh, that uh, Cheryl Lee was not quite as excited about it as I was. There was... Uh, there was a little bit of trepidation there, having never been to uh, another continent and, you know, not knowing if you can drink the water and what kind of creatures there are crawling around and what kind of danger there may be around the corners that you, that, where you walk and so forth. But uh, I can tell you Swaziland's a great place, and uh, she did consult with uh, Cody Spear, who grew up in South Africa, and a few others, and uh, she wasn't totally confident until she'd been there a few days, but it did work out okay. Uh, I, uh, so anyway, let's go on to the next slide. No, we were there. Uh, the reason we went was really to visit the Whitakers. To uh, uh, th they had been here in January, by the way. They, he, he stood here and gave us a talk. But uh, uh, the way it worked out, uh, I figured February was the time to go. So we went. But we wanted to see it firsthand, and the mission uh, committee had planned for that encourage them however we could and help them however we could. I, I scheduled uh, two weeks. It was more like a week and a half because of the travel and so forth. But um, we were able to help them some, uh, but mainly we were able to learn about what they're doing with their clinic and especially to get to know the church and get to know uh, a number of people in Swaziland. Go ahead. Um, if you didn't know, and I didn't initially, Swaziland's way at the bottom of Africa. Uh, it's almost completely surrounded by South Africa. It does have a border uh, with Mozambique, and so it's landlocked. There's no uh, exposure to the Indian Ocean. Uh, so uh, the biggest uh, city that you can you know, reasonably fly into, Johannesburg uh, in the area. And so we flew from uh, Houston to Atlanta to Johannesburg, uh, that, incidentally, is the longest flight in the world from Atlanta to Johannesburg, literally the longest flight you can take. It's about, uh, oh, 14 to 15 hours going and 16 coming back. So, but it, it's really not bad because they have movies now. You can watch TV shows and movies and 
they feed you, and uh, you know, before you know it, you're there. You, you got to sleep some. Uh, so anyway, uh, what we did is we flew to Johannesburg. We took a uh, what they call a minibus, which is what I call a minivan, to uh, Baban, which is uh, one of the cities in Swaziland, and it's not far from where the Whitakers live. Uh, near the capital, Manzini, they live in a city named Matsapa. Uh, and, and that wasn't the total extent of our trip. Uh, one thing I wanted to do was to uh, see that the Whitakers get a holiday because they work so hard and they don't really take time for themselves. So we went on down uh, in their car to Durban the last three days of our trip and had a nice holiday on the coast there. And I'll tell you a little bit about that. And then Cheryl Lee and I actually took overnight train back from Durban to Johannesburg and flew back to the U.S. Go ahead. Uh, that's our, our minibus I was speaking of uh, there, the blue one. Uh, they packed it full. We left from the airport at Johannesburg uh, the day after we arrived and uh, uh, got to sit next to a Swazi and learn a lot about the country and you know, pump him for information along the way. Uh, one of the interesting things about the culture in Swaziland is, is that they still practice polygamy. And uh, so uh, given that a man has enough means, he'll have multiple wives and multiple households. And they have a king, and the king is this way. His, I think there's uh, uh, close to 15 wives, and they each have a palace. So he has quite a bit to manage. Uh, so anyway, uh, this young man that I sat next to uh, grew up in a household like that. His father had enough means that he had multiple households. So I asked him, well, did you know the other kids and the other families? And he said, no, not really. Once or twice a year we might get together, but they were in another city, and so we really didn't grow up knowing them. Uh, this is Dr. Whitaker uh, driving us in the van. That is their vehicle, their uh, Toyota, um, kind of a crossover van SUV, and that is their apartment complex. Uh, those blue curtains are their bedroom, and the living room's right there, and they even have a, a patio. It's a three-bedroom apartment. We stayed with them the whole time. Had a great time, and I was kind of amused by their security. This gentleman here who pushes this uh, bar, this weight down that raises the bar to let the cars in and out. Go ahead. A little more about Swaziland. Uh, interesting to me, I, I did not realize, and having never been to Africa, uh, there is a tremendous Christian heritage in, in at least some African countries, and in particular Swaziland. Uh, the the uh, uh, schools are, and I'll, I'll show you a little bit here in a minute, but the schools teach Christianity. They encourage Christianity. They have a morning devotional every morning, Christian devotional. And the one that I happened to visit went for 45 minutes. And what a difference from, from where we've gone in this country. And so uh, the other thing is the people have a very gentle spirit. And uh, uh, they're somewhat standoffish, but if you're talking to them, you have their complete attention and, uh, uh, and patient. They're not in a hurry. And so that was just refreshing for me to, to be in a culture like that and to be around some people that uh, just take life as it comes and easy and, uh, and are interested in what you have to say. Um, economically and culturally, they're very much like the large country of South Africa. Their currency is pegged to the South African rand. They have their own uh, denominations of paper and coins, but they match exactly the uh, South African money. Um, they speak English. They learn English in school. That's not their native language. Uh, they call their native language language Swazi, 
which is very, very similar to the Zulu language that uh, was the majority of South Africa uh, uh, is native Zulu. Um, so where we were uh, was what uh, Dr. Whitaker calls the Mediterranean climate. It's very green and it's uh, kind of mid-level and elevation. Swaziland's a hilly country and so uh, it was nice. We were there the hottest month of the year and in the afternoon it would get into the 80s. No air conditioning and uh, you know people do fine. Um, typical household there is a uh, one room uh, home that's a strip of homes with no running water inside. There will usually be a faucet uh, outside that, that serves maybe a half a dozen to a dozen homes and uh, then there's outhouse facilities too somewhere around, uh, around that area. Uh, the average lifespan that uh, Dr. Whitaker mentioned is 43 years. I actually read uh, online it was 32, but in recent years it's come up. And uh, mainly the reason for that, uh, that it was so short, was AIDS. And the reason that it has improved is the retroviral drugs and other treatments that have come up with AIDS and been made available through charitable efforts uh, there in that country. Uh, I think I've said most of the rest of this. Uh, where we, uh, go ahead and go to the next slide, and, and where we were, there was a lot of factories. And uh, uh, the people tend to be there to work, and then when there's a holiday, they return back to the villages. It's just kind of a part of their, uh, the way that they, uh, they operate. And uh, Annette Whitaker uh, is a, a math scholar and a very good math teacher and has taught some in the public schools even though they've only been there two years. And so she wanted to announce a math program at the church. So we went with her one morning to the uh, public school. So what I have here is a picture of the public school, and I wanted to illustrate to you, uh, first of all, the singing that they do, the religious singing, and also uh, just a little snippet of a sermon from their vice principal. principal and when this video stops then we'll play that one. You'll notice the kids will kind of look around. I think they were looking at me some and uh, but if they got too far out of line they would be straightened up very quickly. say lift you higher. Mostly he was speaking in Swazi. But Now, 
Okay, that's all there was to that. But uh, Now I'm going to just show you a few pictures and, uh, and then talk a little bit more about their actual mission there. Um, I put these two pictures in because Annette was just amazed that she found um, people in their uh, native ceremonial dress because it's very rare that she would even see one. But while we were there, we saw uh, close to half a dozen of them. And the man on the left was at the grocery market, and he graciously agreed to let us photograph him. And then uh, this lady with Cheryl Lee was at the church, a member at the church, and she happened to wear her ceremonial dress at the church. They wear it in public. It's exactly the same for the men, all the men, exactly the same for all, all the women, and they take pride in their national heritage, and that's one way that they show it. It's a beautiful country. Uh, just kind of was taking snapshots. I have just a huge number of, of these, so I just picked out a few. Uh, this, uh, this peak up here is uh, Execution Rock, and uh, until you know, into the last century, pretty far into the last century, that's how they did their capital punishment. They carried somebody up to that rock and cast them off for, for their crimes. Um, and then this kind of strange-looking you might think it's a tree, is actually a cell tower. So they do have modern technology there and uh, cell phones and, and a number of uh, things that you might, might be surprised. Go ahead, the next one. Uh, they grow sugar cane there commonly, especially in the lower lands, and that's uh, at the top is sugar cane under uh, irrigation. Also, there's a lot of maize and a common uh, a dish is a porridge that they make out of that maize. But they, the country is so rich in agriculture that they export Quite a, quite a bit of their crops. Go ahead. Uh, one of our first stops was a fruit stand, and uh, they're uh, pretty efficient at marketing it, and they'll come up and try to sell you what they've got to sell, and it's tremendous selection of uh, fruits and vegetables. Also, uh, free enterprise is alive and well. Just about anybody that can set up a makeshift booth does there, and they sell all kinds of trinkets. There is a tourism industry in Swaziland. And uh, we went to several craft centers and markets, and uh, Shirley got to do a lot of shopping. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to show you, illustrate you kind of some of the contrasts of things that you see in Swaziland. Uh, they have a modern infrastructure of paved roads, and this is a pick-and-pay grocery market. You, if you were to go in that market, it would look pretty much like we see here at HEB, maybe a little smaller, but very close to the same amount of selection. But at the same time, on the major highways and some of the back roads, like this one going down to the African Christian College, you'll see cattle just walking along. Scared me to death because we were at highway speeds in their single file walking right along the, the highway, and it doesn't seem to bother anybody there. So I guess their cows are smarter than our cows or something. <laughs> I haven't figured that one out. Uh, kind of get into a little bit more about uh, the Whitakers. I know most of you heard about them, but in case you haven't, uh, uh, Bob's uh, a doctor, been in the mission field for many years. Uh, I grew to be inspired by both of their work by, from Dr. Branch when he would come back from his uh, annual medical mission trip uh, with some somewhat gory slides, but show us what they were doing for the people in Nigeria. And Bob stayed in Nigeria until three years ago in August of 2009. He was actually kidnapped. It became quite dangerous to live there and uh, was accidentally shot while in the car. And uh, I, I can remember him saying two things about that. Uh, one, that he would never pray again for God to show him absolutely, definitely the direction he wants to go. And 
the second thing he said is that when he called Annette, he said, what, you know, whatever we agreed to before where we said we weren't going to pay the, the money, I've been shot, I'm bleeding, I need medical attention, send them the money. And so she did. And he was okay, and eventually uh, he was shot in the arm near his elbow, and uh, the bullet lodged uh, close to the skin but in his shoulder. And uh, uh, for, he kept it for a while, but then they did surgically remove it, and he had a little nerve damage, but he recovered uh, his uh, ability to use his arm in practice. Uh, Annette's an MBA. Uh, while in Nigeria, she started two schools, uh, one for the employees of the hospital and another one, uh, just a Christian high school. And, and to support those, she started a business selling mosquito nets, manufacturing mosquito nets and marketing. She's very successful at that. And so she's got uh, a lot of good experience, uh, both as a math teacher and as a businesswoman. Uh, they both love the lost. Uh, while we were there, we went door knocking with them. Uh, we saw them talk to a lot of people. And uh, their efforts are all about meeting those people's needs and eventually uh, winning them to Christ. So. Uh, at the church there, they're positioned in a very strong church, the Matsafa Church of Christ. Uh, they have a, a lead minister who, unfortunately, I didn't get a picture of him. He wasn't around a lot that week we were there. But the, uh, his name is Brother Bege. It's a common Swazi first name, um, Bege Mamba. And his uh, assistant minister pictured there is Moses Lemaini. And uh, Moses' wife... Uh, we call her Precious. She has an African name, but I'm not too good with some of those names. I've probably got it written down here. Uh, yes, Simpui is, Simpui is her name. And then Edith, that's her. And then Edith is uh, uh, Brother Bege's wife, very sweet lady. And then this young lady, Cindy, and this is her son, and she also has a daughter that we'll see, uh, is at the church all the time. And she's the cook for a lot of the kids that they feed in, in the neighborhood there. Uh, this is just a picture of the church from the pulpit view. Uh, notice they have plastic chairs, and that's, that's how they're set up to operate. A number of those chairs are broken, but they don't, if the leg's broken, they don't let it bother them. They just put that inside a good chair and, and keep using it. So they're very resourceful. Go ahead. These are the kids that come to eat on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, that's Shirley's hand on the, on the right, and that's Cindy's hand on the left. Uh, they cook a big pot of meat stew and a huge pot of rice and the kids bring their own bowls and uh, the ones that get there late get chastised but they get food and uh, one of them even had half a dozen bowls for their family just used up what was left of the, of the rice and the meat the, the day that we were there uh, this picture uh, is some more kids that's Cindy's daughter uh, quite a character doesn't speak English she's too young to be in school but she lets you know what she wants and uh, these two are uh, preacher's kids from the local uh, African Christian college there. They were there on the weekend that we were there. I so, uh, kind of wanted to give you a, a flavor of what worship is like there. Um, the, the students came for a, a campaign and door knocking, and so they did a lot of the preaching and, and song leading. Uh, but as you could, could kind of tell from the school, and it's actually no different in the church, when they sing... The women built out the lead and the men follow, and it's generally from within the congregation, but the men will be standing up, up front. But it was a little bit of surprise the first time that loud note hit, but after a while you get used to it, and it is just so beautiful. So I'm going to let uh, the music roll here.
If you understood those words, let me know, because I've never been able to quite make them out. This one is in English. saying he's coming all the time. I, I could. They do tend to, to repeat over and over, so that helps me pick it up, but uh, I, I still had a hard time. Um, I wanted, uh, one of the great pleasures of that visit was meeting the first and second year African college students that were there to visit and their families and their kids. Uh, this young man pictured in the center there uh, was a Kenyan. His name was uh, Dennis. And uh, there were several more. I think the video uh, is a young man, a, a, a Swazi young man uh, named, I'll think of his name in a minute. But uh, oh, Sibaniso, it's written up there because the uh, young man in blue who, who was baptized with his wife was also named Sibaniso. So go ahead and let those run. See Benicio on the right. That was the very end. But I, I, I included that to show you. McDonald was the uh, uh, young man on the left. Uh, he was from Zambia. Um, when they would speak, because they're from these different countries all over Africa, they needed to speak uh, English so for a common language. So they would always have a translator. This is Sibaniso's baptism. Mangoba and Tabataba, through your confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of the Living God, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Sibaniso and his wife Monza were actually converted through World Bible School, and um, they uh, uh, called up the church there and uh, and asked if they could be baptized. And one of the young men that the Whitakers know well, because he works with uh, Annette with the youth, was the point of contact that they'd been given. So he met these folks and he called us, and we followed them uh, down to the college where they baptized them there. The, the young man that baptized him's name is Justice. And he's a graduate of the Christian college and has a job at an area church uh, there in the city in Manzini. Um, so a little bit more about the, the mission of the Whitakers. Uh, the reason that they moved to this particular area is the tremendous concentration of people. There are Taiwanese factories, uh, primarily garment factories. Uh, I don't know how many. So many they cover the hills as you see in the picture there. And uh, these people walk to work every day uh, to and from five days a week, and uh, they generally walk by uh, the main intersection that uh, leads to the church. That There's a, actually a road that leads up to the church there. Um, and so uh, the Whitakers had a couple of uh, offers for other hospitals, but they were in rural areas, and they didn't feel like they could serve nearly as many people as they could here. Uh, we actually went out mornings and counted people walking, uh, and we came up with close to 5,000 just 
what we physically counted in the couple of hours that we stayed there. And they were already walking when we got there, and they were still walking when we left. Uh, go ahead to the next slide. Uh, this is just another shot of some of the factories. Go ahead. Uh, they are going to be the only clinic in the area. There's nothing there except maybe some medicine men that people go to from time to time. The average person's income is only $110, so they can't really afford much. Uh, but at least they'll be uh, close, close by, and they won't have to uh, afford transportation to go into a larger city when they need medical care. Uh, it will be a general practice to meet, you know, a wide range of needs of the people, and it is right next to the church building, and so it'll be good exposure there to the church. Go ahead. Uh, this is the road that leads up to the church. Uh, we had one rain while we were there, and so this is that day of that rain, and... Uh, you know, it really bothered me that it was so hard for our car to get up that road because we're just bouncing whether it's got water in the, in the holes or not. But then I got to thinking, you know, well, most everybody walks. So they don't let that bother them too much. I mean, when we're in the road, there's people walking both ways, and they just kind of get off the side, and, and we go by in the car. And so uh, they're used to it, you know, and so it's okay. Um, and the Whitakers have worked out, you know, a lot of barriers. Uh, the one that they haven't quite got through is construction issues, and uh, they're on their second contractor. Uh, the building is up, uh, but it's uh, uh, only maybe 70% finished. And so they're starting a new contractor now, and they hope this summer to be operational. There's the, they say June, but I, I'm not sure I see it happening quite that fast, but uh, uh, at least uh, the majority of the building is built, and uh, they have a good plan to go forward. There's a picture of it. Uh, one of the problems they've had are with these vertical brick columns in the front. They had The contractor wasn't building them very straight, and they've had to tear down several. And so the new contractor is going to have to tear some down. But there's a uh, ring beam that's going to go around the top and, of course, a roof structure. It is going to be a two-story building. Uh, across the front is an open gallery with a, a half wall there, and that's the waiting area for the patients. And then there's a number of different rooms. Um, that's Roger, the uh, church dog, right there in his doghouse. He was hired to be a watchdog, but they sent him to obedience school, and he's a little too gentle for that function now. But they, they kept him on. Uh, some more shots of the construction. There's Cheryl Lee in, inside one of the rooms. They were plastering while we were there. Uh, not much else was going on, but they do a beautiful job of a flat, nice plastered wall when they're finished. And they are building a, a retaining wall here because the church is up a higher right next to it, so they want to protect the foundation of the church as well as one tree that they have there next to the church. Go ahead. Uh, you know, essentially, I think I've said it, but their, their plan is, is quite simply what Jesus did. He met people's needs, their physical needs, and then he moved to their spiritual needs. And so they want to bring people in, get them there, and then from there teach them and encourage them to become Christians and become a part of the church there at Masapa. They want to do a good job so they have a good reputation um, and uh, a, a good uh, standing in the community. Go ahead. Um, they have a five-year goal to get to high-standard, full-service full care. Uh, there are a lot of people in that area that they can service. Um, and they've done surveys, and, and there's a tremendous need, and so they feel like they're on a good footing to go forward. They've collected equipment that they need. Uh, they've got a plan. Uh, they're not just going to concentrate on healing, 
people's problems, but they want to educate them, particularly in the area of AIDS and HIV uh, abstinence, which is unlike what uh, many of the groups are going in and educating people for, uh, and of course to prevent diseases as well as cure, as cure the diseases that people get. Uh, they are going to be nonprofit. They do plan to charge something for their services, but when people can't afford it, they do uh, plan to be benevolent and, and help whoever needs help. And their goal is within one to two years to be financially self-supporting. There's a lot more details available we didn't have time to discuss tonight. So uh, come talk to us, Shirley or I, and we can make those available. If you have any questions, come talk to us. Uh, as far as other competition, religiously, uh, when we went out and, and knocked doors, we uh, uh, found out that there were a number of people, members of churches. Most everyone we talked to was a member of a church, and I would say 80 to 85 percent of them went to a church called the Zion Church, which is, uh, from what I understand, don't know a lot about it, but it's a, a blend of, of some of the uh, traditional African culture practices with the Christian practices. I do know they have instrumental music because one man asked us that, to pray for him that they would uh, use his instruments in their worship. And so we had to, we had to modify that prayer a bit. But uh, he, he was one of the best examples of an open individual. He, he didn't come out of his house until his daughter had set up chairs for us to sit around under a tree uh, to uh, talk to him. Then he came out formally and, and spoke with us for a good while. Um, go ahead and go to the next slide. I think I've probably mentioned most of this. They are getting some staff to start the uh, practice. Um, and they have, as far as funding-wise, sufficient funds to start. Uh, they need funds to continue. And they have spent uh, a sizable amount of their life savings on the effort, which they have not asked to be reimbursed. But certainly they are open to any support that they can get. I will say that they were successful uh, when they visited the U.S. in uh getting enough support that they feel like the first year or so they can operate and, um, and not have to worry about running out of funds. Um, if you're interested in making donations to them, they can be done through the church here, and they've worked uh, for many years through the International Health Care Foundation. Uh, I believe that's based in Tennessee. Okay. I just had a, a, an email from Annette, uh, a young lady named Faith, uh, had, uh, she had studied with her and she had moved to South Africa but came back, said she decided to need, needed to be baptized and Tuesday she was baptized. So this is a couple of pictures of Moses uh, at the church baptistry there baptizing her. Now I want to tell you a little bit about our holiday. I don't want to take too much of your time but uh, we did take a day to go to a uh, game park and uh, I did not ride on the front of that Land Rover through through the wild bush, but it made a good picture, and Dr. Bob graciously agreed to take my picture. We were inside with the sides down, and somehow the animals, probably used to all those Land Rovers coming through there, but they didn't bother us. Uh, we're told that to the lions that it makes us look like some large object that they don't have any instinct to be afraid of or attack, and so we did uh, come within 100 feet of a pride of lions here that were just in the high grass. Same thing, right up to an elephant, some giraffe. Uh, these rhinoceros were sitting around a watering hole that you can uh, put your lounge chair out and just you know, get your binoculars and watch them. And so, very, very neat place. Go ahead.
Uh, and then when we left uh, Swaziland, we went by this huge lake in South Africa uh, through another game park, and uh, we saw some warthogs and zebras and other animals just running around uh, from the highway there as we, as we drove through. So, yeah. And then finally, our, our holiday was in Durban uh, on the coast, and uh, it's a neat place. We stayed in this hotel here. Um, and then we uh, went down to a mall and casino, and this was a hotel on the way, and uh, to the beach. And Annette's actually from Malibu, so she enjoyed very much going to the beach because she grew up on the beach. And, and uh, the last day that uh, we were together, we went up to this uh, Zulu uh, center where they uh, showed us what life was like back in the days before the white man came in the traditional uh, traditional customs of the people. And so I've got a video of that, if uh, you'll bear with just one more. And we did get our picture taken with the, the local natives there. I've run out of slides. So I appreciate your time, and I hope I've given you a, a flavor of, of what it was like on our trip. And Shirley, I want to express our gratitude because the church did uh, pay our way, at least for the airfare over there. And uh, uh, it w truly was, I'll say it again, a trip of a lifetime. Thanks. Thank you so much for being our ambassadors to the uh, to the, the the nation of Swaziland and being with the Whitakers and ministering to them, and uh, we're really grateful that you're back safely with us, and uh, we're going to pray for you to to have safe trips to Honduras and to Thailand as well. Uh, we are going to sing one more.